there are things that Jesus says. I don't know if I can say this, but there's things that Jesus says sometimes that really confuse me. <laughs> I'm like, well, wait, what? And it's like, I wish that I could have been there and like heard the tone and like really understood. Facial expression. Yeah. Because, um, you know, but again, like when you, when you start to, understand and like read the Bible as a whole, which I've kind of more recently started doing on a deeper level and like studying, these kind of things start to make more sense. When you think about the profound influence of the Bible on the world, the way that it has shaped our culture, whether you're a follower of Christ or not, it's probably a good idea that you know at least what it says. It's going to be about us taking and reading the Bible. All righty. Welcome to the Take and Read podcast. Pastor Chad here with one of my dear buddies, Bernie Calcope. Thanks for having me, although you didn't have much of a choice because... Yeah, we, we're on the, on the road together. We're on the road, yeah. So The, the uh, traveling podcast now. It is. We are on location uh, in Louisville. Louisville, you have to say it. Louisville. Yeah, it's more of a, a murmur. Um, <laughs> we 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 get to we're at a we're at a conference and it's a uh, a conference that is uh, called Together for the Gospel and it is designed to rally pastors and Christians, men, women children there's there's like i've seen kids here Mm -hmm. there's about eleven thousand people gathered and we're going through three days of just some incredible preaching and teaching and encouragement there's times of worship where we're in a a room with eleven thousand mostly men just bellowing praises in these Mm -hmm. deep tones but uh we're together we got yeah, and just and just real quick, um, also noting that there's different denominations and yeah. people with different views of um, maybe the practicality of how you know that ministry is played out, pastoral care, whatever it is, um, but coming together for the gospel and the word of God being the central focus. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. And so I can't imagine a better kind of time to just pull away and take and read the scriptures because we've been engaged in the scriptures the last couple Mm -hmm. days together and in this kind of corporate setting so and we thought it would be fun to try one on the road yeah so here we are we're in uh, a hotel room you can see from the backdrop it's it's nice wallpaper. <laughs> it's almost textured a little bit. Uh, yeah, so you, nice. you can't see the upside down trash cans and <laughs> side table lamp giving us light. Yeah, we had to get an ironing board holding everything. Yeah, so behind the camera, what the camera is setting on right now is a tripod, and the tripod is on an ironing board with two upside down metal trash cans behind it holding the desk lamp in order to try to provide lighting. So if you're taking this in via video, whether on Spotify or YouTube, you can appreciate this is, I don't know, this has probably ever been done in the history of podcasting, but God will provide. We, uh, we're doing it. And uh, we're both sitting on our 
suitcases. Suitcases so that we could be at the right level. And plus, the room only provides one chair. So here we are. And the handle is digging in a yeah, little bit. It's going to be a short podcast for that reason. <laughs> yes. Uh, so how you been? I, it's been a while. Uh, it has been a while. Yeah. Uh, since I've been on the podcast, um, I saw you not too long ago up at Granger's house, but yep. I think that was the last time uh, I hadn't done a podcast since then. Um, uh, been really good. Um, currently, if I'm honest, man, my brain is really just on processing mode. Mm-hmm. Um, everything we've heard the last few days has just been so rich and deep and dense and really trying to process. Uh, I'm not in uh, a vocational ministry. Is that what you right. call it? Yeah, you're not in, but um, I don't work for a church. I'm not, you know, um, I do feel a minister. I, I am a minister in, mm-hmm. in my world and in, in my sphere. And uh, there's probably a lot of people listening that are kind of in that same realm. Um, so coming to a conference like, like this, where there's a lot of pastors, um, I think that in God's grace, there's still so many truths uh, in his word that I can really take and apply and understand that it's mm-hmm. not just this context, but it is all context. And so um, that's been, uh, yeah, this week has been a lot of that, just like, okay, processing, because we're hearing just so much, uh, you know, deep truths and uh and honestly, these guys are wicked smart. So mm-hmm. I'm they like, are. okay, can you know? There's no pause button. Like, right. hey, can you go back and say that again so I can like write it down or really understand it? But yeah, uh, but it's been really good. Um, if the yeah, and I think they'll probably make the uh, videos available from all of the kind of keynote speakers. Mm-hmm. And I would, it would be cool that if with this podcast, I can link to those once those are up. So yeah. be looking, I don't know if I can, I'll try to figure it out, but I'll try to figure yeah. out a way to maybe link to, uh, the together for the gospel, uh, video teachings. Cause there, there really are just some tremendous and profound gifted men of the Lord teaching. Yeah. There are a lot there. There's, a lot of women here, but the the panelists and the the teachers and preachers have all been men. Yeah, is there any before we jump in? Because I know we gotta we gotta get to it. Or man, we will be here for hours, me yeah. and you. Um, yeah, I was gonna ask you for one thought. So. Yeah, I was just gonna ask you uh, if you're gonna link a video for these folks to like recommendation. Hey, go check this out from T4G 2022. Which which thing that you've heard is the one you're sending folks to? It's funny because there um, there are some. So you have two kind of formats. You have the the preaching format, mm-hmm. which I have a couple in mind. Um, the David Platt one okay. on Global Missions, I think, is profound. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, John Piper last night was pretty profound. But another format that we get to experience is they will, after one of them preaches, there'll be a panel discussion. And last night's panel discussion with John Piper, who John Piper is a pastor. If you're listening to this podcast and you don't know who he is, you can go to desiringgod.org. And that's a a website that has the collection of all of his teachings. Uh, Sometimes you can get the actual manuscript. Sometimes it's a video, the audio, but he has had a prolific impact on the American church Mm -hmm. today. 
Uh, I can definitely cite that he was one of my early mentors and has been a mentor of mine over these years. I know Granger has talked about the profound impact that Piper has had, and that was because you had linked a video yeah, to Granger and said, hey, check this out early he, in his yeah, walk. Yeah, Piper's been that for me, and I you know, was uh, referenced, uh, referred to him by my brother who studied at mm-hmm. uh, Bethlehem and worked at Bethlehem in Minneapolis. So, yeah, that that panel was unbelievable. And we got to hear from a brother in Christ who's tried to faithfully follow and fulfill his calling over the course of, he spent 33 years as the pastor of the same church in Minneapolis, which is a pretty rare thing these days Yeah, to have a pastor be at one spot for that long. And so he just talked about the ups and the downs and the challenges. There was laughter and there was some sober moments, but that was probably the insight into the life of a pastor as he reflects back. Yeah. And there was also some time where another uh, two pastors, um, two Scottish pastors, one Sinclair Ferguson and then um, Alistair Begg, reflected back on if they could go back now and tell their 20-year-old self something about ministry, what would they tell them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, the, the takeaway from there was they would tell each other to be, um, more loving with the relationships in their life Mm -hmm. and more diligent to study the word, Mm. to take and read the scriptures. And that was, both of those are pretty powerful because sometimes I think those are hard things to, as a pastor, we're pulled and called to serve a lot of families Mm-hmm. And a lot of individuals. And it is very tempting to kind of sideline our own family or those closest to us to, and because we think, oh, they'll understand I'm doing this for the Lord. But that can have a profoundly negative impact on mm-hmm. kids and wives. And so the the reminder to, to tend those relationships that God has put in our lives most closely, that was a powerful thing for me. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. One, one Shylin. Okay. I I would say Shylin. Go look at that video. His sermon was fire. It was. And if you listen to it, you'll be like. And just kind of poetic and lyrical at times. Yeah. He is an artist, a a musical artist, as well as a pastor. But what I loved about what he was saying, which is, you know, kind of hitting back to what you usually ask in these podcasts, like, what has the Lord been kind of speaking? Lately, um, I feel this idea and this word of simplicity. Hmm. Uh, and I feel like that's kind of like where he was going with this, like just remember Jesus. Remember Jesus. Like we can sometimes get so just entrenched and engulfed in doctrine and theology and missions and the, and the mission that we forget just to remember Jesus and the person of Jesus. And that there's this simplicity kind of on the far side of the complexity of theology that is just right now got my head spinning of like, okay, God, well, what does that mean? What does that practically look like? How does it come out in how I interact with my wife, with you, with mm-hmm. my team at work? Like, what is what does that look like? What does that understanding look like? So I feel like a couple people at the conference have referenced that word or like that idea. Alistair Bay was one of them, but uh, Shai Lin just blew me away. Uh, I didn't, I had yeah. heard of him before and the expectation was there was none. And so he just, it was awesome. Yeah. And yeah, that's in the, to put it another way, the reminder is for, even if you're not a pastor or in ministry or into theology 
and you're like, I'm just a, a baby Christian. I'm, I'm just starting this process of taking my Bible and reading. The, the reminder or the encouragement on the front end is a follower of Christ is simply that. It's a you're called into a relationship and not a religion, mm-hmm. not not a man-made structure of rules and bylaws and and there are certainly some structures helpful, but come back to that that love of Jesus and mm-hmm. walking with Him, and remember that at the end of the day, if that's all you do, you're good to go because mm-hmm. that's all you need. Yep. Alrighty, well let's right. um, let's jump in. This suitcase is really becoming <laughs> an uncomfortable stool. All right, so we are going to be in Mark chapter six, and we have a short little passage here, starting okay. in verse seven uh, through thirteen. I'm in the English Standard Version of the Bible. Uh, they gave us a Bible here, but uh, we're not using it. They gave us a, was it NIV? NIV NIV uh, uh, Study Bible. Uh, Albert Moeller, yeah. Uh, and so Bernie is going super kind of um, advanced. He's going to be on his phone. He's pulling a... Which if anybody knows me, this is like anti-me. Like like, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. for you, I will do it, Chad. Yeah. All right. So we are in the English Standard Version of the Bible, Mark chapter 6, verses 7 through 13. And it reads, And he called the twelve and began to send them out two by two, And gave them authority over the unclean spirits. He charged them to take nothing for their journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals and not put on two tunics. And he said to them, Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you depart from there. And if any place will not receive you, and they will not listen to you when you leave, shake off the dust that is on your feet, as a testimony against them. So they went out and proclaimed that people should repent. And they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and he and healed them. So there we go. The sending out of the 12 apostles. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's, there's some uh, interesting stuff here. We want to jump into what does this say first? Like, do we understand this context? Who's present? Kind of what's the scene if we had to kind of paint the picture in our own words? And are there anything, like anything, any words or ideas that stand out that, man, we need some clarity on that? So he, Jesus, is the one that's called out the 12, and he's already appointed the 12 earlier in this gospel, so, so we know who the 12 are. So um, why does he say, or why does it say, and he called the 12? Uh, I'm guessing because, because already, there's yeah there's there's a larger crowd that's okay. now kind of part of the the entourage. Yeah, he's got this crowd that's following him everywhere, and even when he he called the twelve apostles originally a couple chapters earlier, he's called them out of a crowd that there's clearly a group of people that are considered disciples now that are following him as a rabbi. He's teaching mm-hmm. and he's gaining popularity. He's just uh, he's in Nazareth, and he's was he arrives there. He's got a pretty good sized crowd, and now the locals have kind of rejected him. Like, who's this guy? We know him. Like, that's that's Mary's Son boy. Jesse, yeah. yeah, he's you know what's he doing? And so this crowd is now following him, but he's 
now selected out the 12 who have already been selected out once and named apostles. And so he's now said, okay, my 12, come on out. Mm-hmm. So he's he's got, yeah. this is the second time that he's called them out. Right. And, and these particular 12 are kind of called up to duty. Okay. And, he's, and he, back in that passage, he indicated to them that you will be my witnesses. Like I'm calling you out because you'll be witnesses of a certain and particular message. And mm-hmm. those that are those witnesses are kind of my my family, the ones who do the will of the Lord. These are my true family members. Mm-hmm. These are the, the inner circle. So he's now calling them up to... Any significance to uh, sending them out two by two? You know, one of the things that would have been true in the Jewish kind of legal context is there is a... The truth of a matter is established on the basis of two witnesses. Mm -hmm. So I think there's something to that idea that as he sends them out two by two, as they proclaim or they testify or they bear witness to who Jesus is and the coming of the kingdom, they're they're kind of in line with how things are established as true so they can bear witness and testimony to who Jesus is. That's one thought that I have when I see that. Um, Okay. And maybe so that they're, yeah, that, there's a component of, uh, there's another pa- uh, passage that says, um, Jesus says, wherever two or more are gathered in my name, I am okay. with them. And so there's, I think there's some of those references that we see something about pairing up and going out that there's a, in the collective of two, there's the presence of Christ there with them. Mm-hmm. Not that Jesus isn't present with an individual by themselves with, you know, indwelt by the Holy Spirit, but there is something about the bearing witness, the the establishing the truth of something based on those two witnesses, and as they pray, the Lord is with them mm-hmm. in those instances. So I think yeah, there's maybe sure. something to that. Um, he gives them authority over unclean spirits. So it's not that they have an authority of them of their own. Mm-hmm. They can't just go out and just start, okay, we're, we're apostles, let's do this. But it's he grants them his own authority. And throughout Mark, it's interesting because that, that concept of authority is pervasive. Mm-hmm. He shows up on the scene, and when he starts to teach, the people identify that he doesn't teach like the scribes. He teaches as one who has, has authority. authority. Yeah. When he encounters the demonic, they submit to him because they know he has authority. Mm-hmm. When he heals, the sicknesses submit because he has authority. And so we've he's on the boat, and the winds and the waves cease because he has authority. Like he's exercising authority. He's teaching with authority. And now we have this instance where he grants them, he gives them authority his authority is now given to these individuals, and they will go out. And we see that they're exercising that authority. They're not. And I think that's why it's interesting. He says, he charged them. He commands them, don't take any provision for yourself except for a staff and one tunic. So you're going to go out, and you're going to be walking around with your walking stick and whatever clothes you got on. Mm-hmm. And don't, like, stack them up. Don't wear don't wear two tunics because that would oftentimes be how they travel. They don't have a bag or a satchel or whatever. So they're going to layer their clothing so they can kind of swap out and have a clean one. He's like, you get one one item of clothing, mm-hmm. a staff, no food, no provisions. Mm-hmm. You cannot depend on yourself. You have to depend on the provision of the Lord. And you're going to go out with the authority of the Lord, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then yeah, he gives them certain that. instructions about entering houses. What do you make of that, these instructions? Because there's a sense in which reading this, you go, man, that's a little harsh. Go. Yeah, I mean, you're you're kind of you know shaking the dust off of your sandals uh, as a off your feet as a testimony against them. You're kind mm-hmm. of you're not just like, okay, well, you guys weren't you know like have a nice day. Yeah, hope not, it all works out. Yeah, no, you're uh, you're you know uh, there are things that Jesus says. I don't know if I can say this, but <laughs> there's things that Jesus says sometimes that really confuse me. <laughs> I'm like, well, wait, what? And it's like, I wish that I could have been there and like heard the tone and like really Maybe understood. facial expression. Yeah. Because, um, you know, but again, like when you, when you start to understand and like read the Bible as a whole, which I've kind of more recently started doing on a deeper level and like studying these kind of things start to make more sense. That's um, an interesting point. I was, um, so when I do any kind of marital counseling, premarital counseling or marriage counseling with people, we talk about communication. Mm-hmm. And I think that I'm going to try to get these percentages correct. But um, actually, I might have it on my phone. But the, the general idea is that the way that we experience communication and I, th- I think it's like 7% of communication is verbal mm-hmm. or textual, what you read, what you hear. But then the overwhelming like 80% mm-hmm. or more of communication that we experience is through tone mm-hmm. and body language. Mm-hmm. I, I and feel- those are the things you're like... We don't we don't get to see his tone. We I feel like it's actually more for women win. than it is for men. I've heard that same statistic thrown in, and how important just presence and body language is for them to really understand what you're saying. Yeah, it, I, it, it's true for all of us. Um, so, with that in mind, I mean, we come across passages that maybe are because we we've all experienced a text message that we did not quite understand the tone and mm-hmm. we took it the wrong way mm-hmm. or we've sent a text message and we're like, why did I get the response back I got? Mm-hmm. And it's because people are not understanding our tone or our body language. And so how do we overcome that mm-hmm. as we take and read the Bible when we only have the text? Um, I think that we have to understand and maybe understands a strong word because I don't feel like I understand, but we have to um, pursue the Bible and the word as a whole Mm -hmm. and God's character as, as both um, loving and gracious and just, Mm -hmm. and that those two are in complete, perfect balance and harmony, not opposition because if you're in the if you're in the mentality if you've been taught if you've been raised and conditioned to believe God is all grace and all love and an unconditional love you know as Piper once said this is very conditional right um, if you love it, me it, obey my commands yeah there's there is 
um, there is part of what he says, um, I mean, to the rich young ruler. He's like, oh, you've done all these things? Okay, well, go sell everything that you have and follow me. That was very conditional. That was very, hey, I'm, I know what you're going to do. I know you're not going to mm-hmm. do this. But I am saying, if you're going to follow me, I'm taking your life. Do you want to do it? And a lot of times that doesn't sit well with, mm-hmm. well, God just loves and accepts everybody. And like, we don't, the, the you know, far reaching grace. And so if we don't have the context of, of grace and truth and, and love and justice and the whole um, image of God, then I think these things can, for a long time, I just passed over them and I didn't really consider them like, man, this is actually a beautiful, powerful side of Jesus's character coming out right here. Yeah. Cause you will find times where he's like, if you, if you come to me, like one of these children, Mm-hmm. Just, just faith. You're good to go. And then there's other times where he's extremely harsh mm-hmm. with adults who claim a righteousness or, um, yeah, want to follow him under certain conditions or tr- claim to represent God, and they they aren't representing God mm-hmm. in his true character. And so you you come to a passage like this where he's like, okay, you're going to go. I'm going to send you out, and you're going to go to a house. And if any place will not receive you, and will not listen to you when you leave. Shake off the dust that is on your feet as a testimony against him. So, was shaking off the dust on your feet in the in that time? Was that a a, a symbol of that was used in other? Yeah, ways? I don't I don't have a deep understanding of what that culturally symbolized. Okay, other than I think it's it's kind of a an indication that. I'm done with you. Yeah. You're not not like a you're dead there, to me. There's no part of you that I'm taking with me. I'm kind of like I'm yeah, I, I leave here and I will never return. Yeah. You had your chance. It's final. Yeah. You're done. And and so there is a, a finality to what Jesus is saying is you're gonna go and if people receive you, great. Stay with them. If people don't, if they don't receive you or listen to you, mm-hmm. Don't waste your time. Yeah. And that is that's a hard that's a hard thing to think about in our context because uh, how many times do we have somebody that we're praying for or we're in a situation maybe we're married and we our spouse isn't a believer and we are wrestling with okay, I'm going to continue to labor in prayer and I've heard stories of people praying for years, 30, 40 years for the salvation of a loved one. And then it finally happens. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, what if they would have just shaken the dust off their feet and be like, all right, I tried once. See ya. Yeah. Man. Yeah, I wonder I wonder if there's um, a, a sense of arrogance that Jesus is testing in these disciples in this because mm-hmm. their pride and arrogance probably would want to be like, no, I'm going to, I want to stay and convince you. Mm-hmm. But he's saying, hey, it's not your words. It's not your actions. It's me and the power of this gospel that is going to have people respond to it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that could be, I I don't know if that's true in their context, but I think that's definitely true for me sometimes. I, I think that if I just frame it the right way or get to a certain point in the relationship and I I dress Jesus up in a way that is 
um, I feel like this is going to be the most mm-hmm. powerful. Um, which, if this conference has taught me anything, it's like, dude, it's, it's you know, really misguided. It's um, uh, the the word of God must be the thing that does the work of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and so maybe that's part of what he's saying. It's yeah. like, hey, don't. Um, I I already know the people that are going to receive mm-hmm. this and the people that need to be healed. And so just walk in it and these people, shake them off. Keep going because there's there's other ones that are going to receive right. it. There's almost a don't waste your time there yeah. because there are going to be places where you need to spend more time mm-hmm. because they are receptive. Yeah, um, It's kind of like the, the same mentality that we see on display when Jesus is teaching in parables. He tells mm-hmm. them, mm-hmm. for those who have ears to hear and eyes to see, he's teaching in parables because he's at the same time concealing and revealing something about the kingdom of God. And so there are going to be those in this big crowd, and it's a mixed batch, right? Mm -hmm. There's those that are opposed to him and those that are potentially receptive. There are future disciples there. There are future accusers there. And so he says these messages, and it's there are some that go, oh, and are receptive. And it's the same message, and others are like, this guy's crazy. He's Mm -hmm. talking in riddles. I don't know what. Mm -hmm. And so it's blocked. And so there's a, a similar sense that, Jesus doesn't stay in those situations and, okay, I've got this group that believes, now let me spend some time with you guys breaking Mm -hmm. it down. No, he's made a decision that his teaching is going to conceal and reveal, and it's intentionally concealing to those that they don't have ears to hear or eyes to see. So there's maybe a similar component when you're going to go out and be my witnesses. You're going to have to be able to recognize some will be receptive to the Spirit of God and the Word of God. And others will not. And if they're not, that's not on you. Mm-hmm. Do you think that this is primarily... Because a lot of times we want to take um, the word when we read it and we think it's like, this is about us. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, well, we have to understand the context. This was really for the disciple who were missionaries. I think that's so know? huge. Yeah, we've got to understand what this text means. And when I say that, what it means by who Mark who wrote it, mm-hmm. and also is he's recording what Jesus is saying and doing, what it means for Jesus and those present at that time. So mm-hmm. there's multiple layers that we have to kind of sift through to get to what does this mean? And it's when we get to that spot and we go, okay, what does this mean for the apostles that Jesus would do this? Mm-hmm. Then we can start to kind of draw away and go, so why do you think Mark included this for us? Mm -hmm. Then we go, okay, based on what I understand, what Jesus meant to his disciples and for his apostles to experience, that meaning can be applied to me today. There's something in that Mm -hmm. that then is now significant for me today. So Mm -hmm. meanings and significance are not the same thing. I've said that a couple of times on this podcast, and that helps me, and I think it helps anybody to answer your question that yeah we've got to we got to locate this in the right spot in history first mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and what it means at that moment mm-hmm. so let's ask that question okay he's called these 12 he sent them out he's given them authority he's given them very specific directions and that includes what they can take and how they're to enter a house and how they're to exit a house and it's conditional 
you you hang out and stay if they receive you mm-hmm. and they listen to you. Mm-hmm. So there's teaching because they now have authority and teaching with authority. However, if they don't receive or listen, mm-hmm. you move on. You don't waste your time and you go to where you're effective. And then we see and, well, that they And work. also, back, backing up real quick, and also that he is sending them out. Mm-hmm. This, is, I, this is not, hey, go home and minister to your family or your brother. He is sending them out. Yep. So they're going out to places they don't know and people they don't know. Right. With only a staff and what they're wearing. So no provisions. So in that right there, there's got to be a sense of up until this point, they've been traveling together as a group. They've had shared provisions. People have been um, giving things to them, providing things for them. And now they're sent out and they're in these smaller units of two. And you're going to go with no provision. Therefore, you have to trust in the one who's sending you. Yeah. So is this... um is this less about sharing the gospel and the good news of Jesus and more about Jesus teaching them to trust him and his provision? I think it's both. I think it's for them, this is a a precursor to what they're going to do when he leaves. And right. so he's saying, I think there's a preparatory, I need you to go out and you're going to have to trust. Yep. You can't trust in your own ability to provide or yeah. or produce anything yeah. here. So you're going to go out with nothing, virtually nothing. And I'm calling you, I'm giving, granting you authority, and I'm sending you. So trust in the one who's doing that and trust in the process that as I send you, as you trust me, you're going to have authority to teach and to demonstrate the kingdom of God in front of people. And don't get caught up on the people that aren't receptive. Just keep faithful mm-hmm. to the message. Do what you got to do. And you're going to experience my provision as you go. Mm-hmm. I think for them, it's a, this is a, I think it's effective ministry, but it's, it is about the call. It is about mm-hmm. just watch as you preach the truth, the God, the kingdom of God, calling yeah. people to repent, which is similar to uh, what we see in Mark chapter one, verse 14, when Jesus says, when Mark says about Jesus, he preached the gospel, um, telling them about the coming of the kingdom and, you know, calling them to repent. Like it was the same mm-hmm. message. So they're sent out with the gospel and they get to not only trust the Lord, and but also see his provision as they trust mm-hmm. doing what they've been called to do as apostles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're seeing demons cast out. They're seeing people healed. And yeah. they're seeing people respond in repentance to the message of, of the gospel. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to, to be clear, like, I don't by any means think it's an either or, or in our lives that it's an either or. I think a lot of times that um, God can use our faithfulness in and our obedience to mm-hmm. to to take a step of faith and trust in his provision that others will see that and that they will know mm-hmm. God and they will be drawn to you know and in in some way um I just you know kind of go back and you know my, the way my brain works I'm just like man 
what was he thinking? Well, you know, and like I'm a CEO type, so I'm like, okay, what was the primary goal here? Well, and <laughs> I, think, to, you know, I think at this moment in time, that probably was a great hurdle, was trust. Yeah. Was faith, was a confidence in the one they've been following. They've now seen him do some things, and they're really wrestling with their own categories of what the Messiah is. And he's like, okay, now I'm going to send you out. I'm going to grant you authority. Yeah. You're going to preach. You're going to get rejected. This is how you respond to that. And they're going, okay, wait a minute. I don't know if they're like, hey, I want a different partner. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to go with Peter. I don't want to go with Peter, Peter's man. Get us in trouble. <laughs> uh, but James and John are like locked arms. Yeah, like, locked. Hey, we're brothers. Sons of Thunders. Hey. So I think, but I think that's a good question. This is like the, uh, you know, the, have you ever heard, like, just in leadership and business or wherever, like, you you do it, then or I do it, mm. I do it, you watch, then you do it, I watch, and then you go do it. This is kind of like... Yeah, there's a Jesus similar pattern, because they've like, been watching him. Yeah, and now he's like, out. okay, hey, you go, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch. They, he hasn't worried about provision, it's always provided, you know, he's, so yeah, they're, they're watching this. And so this maybe uh, is that. Kind it's of not the final Great Commission where it's like, now you go do it. Right. It's the you do it now watch, because you know they'll come back to. But yeah, there's a yeah a. They've been commissioned, and now they're they're starting to embody that call and that commission mm-hmm. uh, to be his body, to be his apostles, to to represent him. Yeah. Cool. All right. So wrestling with some of those things if you were to pull out or see from what this means in its in its original location mm-hmm. what is some what are some significant things or a significant thing that you go man that's immediately applicable as i try to live in light of the word and the truth revealed uh i i think i try to provide for myself mm. I would imagine there's a lot of people out there probably yeah. do the same yeah. thing. Um, I, I think being close enough to Jesus to be able to distinguish clearly his guiding and leading and his voice telling me, I got you. Mm-hmm. You don't need anything else. Just go with one tunic and a staff and I got you. Um, I think the the... The hard part about doing that can be a lack of intimacy with Jesus and closeness and nearness because I think when we are and when these guys are, they're like, okay, of course. But if you're far off, if I'm far off and I'm not in the Word and I'm not letting the Holy Spirit really speak to me and I'm not seeking out solitude and silence and trying to to discern what He's calling me to and what He's guiding me to and providing for me, um, then I tend to just write my own script and then provide for myself for that. Yeah. And then I'll get to the end of it, which is terrible. I'll get to the end of it and I'll say, well, God is so good. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, you know, that's a, a misconception mm-hmm. in and of itself. So, yeah, I think I, I can definitely resonate with that. But on this particular pass through this passage, I'm challenged with the the idea of results as they mm. as they spoke the truth of God that 
there are so many times where I'm super intimidated on the front end of sharing the gospel or talking to somebody. And it's like my job. (laughs) But I get intimidated because I subconsciously am convinced it it really is it's going to be about how articulate I am Mm -hmm. or if I have the answer. We were talking to a young brother yesterday about he's got this desire to study and research because he wants to have all the right answers. If anybody who doesn't believe in God asks him a question, he wants to be able to have the answer. Mm -hmm. And I think that this, a passage like this helps us remember and keep the perspective that, man, these, these, these guys weren't like super learned. Mm -hmm. They weren't trained in public speaking. None of them. Uh, You and I were just talking before we started recording, just the, how amazing it is that we we take this word and it's written by these very um, just normal guys, blue blue collar guys, with the exception of Paul and Matthew. I mean, these are gentlemen, Luke. They had some learning, but here we have, like in this instance, he's called the twelve apostles, most of whom are tradesmen. Mm-hmm. They're builders, fishermen, like blue collar dudes that. Their job was not public speaking. They weren't great, as we know, like in and of themselves, great orators. So there, there had to have been a level of, we're not rabbis, we're not trained in this, we're not, this isn't our profession, and yet they're going out and they're effective because they've been granted authority by Jesus. Mm-hmm. And he is the one that is empowering their words, their message, and all they have to do is be completely dependent and humbled on him or humble before him. And so for me, the challenge is, wow, it's very sobering to step back and realize it's never going to be about my eloquent speech. It's not going to be about the complexity of my arguments or how clever I can string together Mm -hmm. uh, something. It's going to be about the power of God. Mm -hmm. And when he calls me and gives me opportunity to share the truth of who he is, it's it's going to be the power of his spirit that that wins the day. It's never going to be my clever arguments. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. the challenge for me today. Yeah, that's and there's really a, good. There's a lot of other passages that remind us of that. But yeah, they went out. They proclaimed that people should repent. Like like that's that's the the full description of what they said. Yeah, proclaimed that people should repent, and they cast out demon, many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. And so they went with the authority of Christ and the authority of Christ and the power of Christ is what compelled. And the results weren't up to them because he told them in advance, there's going to be people that reject you and you just turn around and don't waste your time. Mm -hmm. And that's a great relief as well. Yeah. Yeah. There's going to be that. It's almost a reminder. There's going to be that. Yeah. It's good. Bernie, thank you so much for being here, man. Thanks for having me once again, man. It's funny that we live so close (laughs) in Texas and it took us getting all the way up here to finally knock another one of these out. Yeah. But super fun. It was, you're the perfect guy to experiment uh, in a hotel room on this podcast. Yeah, man. I'll be the guinea pig anytime. Hey, uh, if uh, you're tuning in and uh, you have questions about some of the stuff that we've talked about here, I always enjoy your comments. Very encouraging. But if you do have questions, take and read podcast at gmail.com. Uh, Again, I'm going to try to find links to the videos and the resources that we've experienced here at at, uh, Together for the Gospel Conference when they become available. Um, 
But yeah, super glad to have you join us. Leave comments, likes, share, do all the stuff that's going to help people know that we're here because the more you do the stuff apparently the algorithm algorithm helps others find us and so i would love yeah. to have more and more people taking and reading the bible uh and so thank you for being with me amen all right cool god bless